reaching Israel and the world. Shalom of peace and blessings to you today, beloved ones. We're going to be considering the incredible thing that the Lord did 2,000 years ago when he brought Jew and Gentile to himself through only one means, through the prophesied Messiah, Yeshua, the King of Israel. This might seem like it's no big deal when we hear it today and, you know, this century, but back in the day when God inaugurated this new plan, that it wasn't through the law, that he removed the dividing wall between Jew and Gentile. And he said the whole world can only come to him now through one way. And he made Jew and Gentile one a Messiah. Beloved, uh, this, this was radical. Wow, you know, just this morning, the Lord gave me this word, nuclear. And I thought, nuclear, and then it, and then it came explosive and then earthquake. And I just felt like what he was saying is, when I come into the world, I, I break in, I crack everything, you know, I break everything up, you know, just like when you sow into a ground and you break everything up to bring something new. Yeah. And he just really broke into the ground to bring a shift in how we are seeing things. And I just love this word that God says that me as a Gentile can be grafted in to the vine, that there's Jew and there's Gentile, one in Messiah. Baruch Hashem, beloved ones, bless the name of the Lord. We are continuing our study today in Messianic Prophecy. This is season five in the series, episode number four. Last time I was talking about how the Hebrew prophetic writings indicated that when Messiah came, his ministry would extend beyond Israel and it would reach the entire world. It would reach all the nations. Paul said in the book of Romans, chapter 3, verse 29, this, Or is God the God of Jews only? Is he not the God of Gentiles also? Yes, Paul said, of Gentiles also. This is what Isaiah was speaking of before Messiah appeared in Isaiah chapter 42, verse 1. Behold, my servant whom I uphold, my chosen one in whom my soul delights. I have put my spirit upon him. He will bring forth justice to the nations. Isaiah 60, verse 3, nations would come to his light. So I was stressing the fact that we as Jewish people, oftentimes, we, we, we think of ourselves as God's chosen people. But we have to understand what it means to be chosen. We were chosen to be the couriers through which Messiah would come to the entire world through. And so we need to understand that God is the God of the entire world, that he loves Jew and Gentile equally and alike in Messiah Yeshua. That's why Paul tells us that in Yeshua, the dividing wall between Jew and Gentile has been broken down. That Jew and Gentile have become one in Jesus. It's an interesting thing that the Lord kept Israel separate to keep them as a special people through whom which Messiah would come into the world through. But unfortunately, sometimes the separateness of the Jewish people has caused a division between Jew and Gentile relating to each other. 
This is why Paul was upset in uh, his prophetic writings when, he, when one of the other apostles was kind of being double-minded and two-faced that when he, was with, uh, when he was with Jewish people, he lived like a Jew. Then when he was with Gentile people, this other apostle let his guard down a little bit and was friendly with the Gentiles. But then when the Jewish people came to where Peter was being friendly with the Gentiles, Peter then began to kind of like withdraw from the Gentiles because he didn't want the Jewish people that had come to observe him being friendly with Gentiles. So Paul rebuked Peter to his face and said, you're being a hypocrite. God has called us to be one in Messiah, Jew and Gentile, one in Messiah. So don't bow down to this political and religious pressure thinking that you can't have fellowship with Gentiles when Jewish people are around. So I'm simply saying that we see revealed in the ancient prophetic writings that when Messiah came, he would break down the dividing wall between Jew and Gentile, that would become one in Messiah, that there would be only one pathway to the Lord. It's not through the law. It's through Messiah who became our righteousness and took our iniquity and sin in his own body on the tree. And some of us that are schooled in doctrine, and in, in, in the faith, we understand this. I wanted, however, to take things a different direction now. Now that we understand that Jew and Gentile are one in Messiah, that there's no discrimination in the Lord. Now that we've laid that foundation and see how this was indicated in Messianic prophecy, that it would be the case, going back to the book of Isaiah. But now I want to go a different direction and I want to talk about the fact that we have gone so far in minimizing the role that Jewish people play that we have lost something in the process. You see, the scripture says there's no longer Jew or Gentile. There's no longer Jew or Greek. It's no longer male or female. We're all one in Messiah. And what Paul was referring to there when he said there's neither Jew or Gentile, there's neither male or female, we're all one in Messiah. What Paul was referring to there is not that there are not still distinctions. There are differences between men and women, right? I mean, does anybody have to really argue with that? All we have to do is look at the anatomy of male and female. Oftentimes, there's a huge psychological difference between the female brain and the male brain. I realize there's exceptions and uh, there's a little man in every woman, a little woman in every man in terms of uh, each one being able to adopt and share some of the other sex's attributes. In other words, as men, we have a, a, a real strong initiative, but that doesn't mean that as a man, I can't also be nurturing. So the nurturing characteristic would be a more feminine characteristic. So there's some of each of the male and female qualities in both male and female, even as some women are real drivers, which is generally a male characteristic. But still, there's distinctions between men and women. Generally speaking, women are more nurturing. Men are more drivers. Women are more relational-oriented. Men are more goal-oriented. And Putting that aside, if someone want to argue with that, let's just simply say, if we just look at the scientific anatomy of men and women, there's a difference between a male and a female. So when Paul said there's no longer male or female, he wasn't saying that there's no distinction anymore. What he meant was, beloved ones, that there is no 
discrimination. Paul said there's no longer male or female, Jew or Gentile. He wasn't speaking about distinctions. He was speaking about discriminations. That Jew and Gentile now come to Messiah on equal footing. That male and female come to Messiah now on equal footing. But there are still distinctions. And unfortunately, many in the church in Christendom have gone so far to neutralize the role that Israel plays, the role that the physical descendants of Abraham and Isaac and Jacob play, and the future destiny that God has for the physical descendants of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. The church has so minimized that, saying that there is no longer anything special about Jewish people anymore. Jew and Gentile are one in Messiah. The church has gone so far that direction that we have lost a huge core part of the heart of God and indeed the revelation of Scripture. I want to communicate to you, beloved one, today that God still has a huge distinctive role for Israel during this time. And there's a huge role that Israel is going to be playing eschatologically or in the future of God's redemptive plan. I want to talk with you about that today. I'm going to the book of Deuteronomy, chapter number 32. This is often called the Song of Moses. And there's a very mysterious and oftentimes overlooked verse here. Some of you are in the habit of reading through the Bible every year or every three years. And undoubtedly, in your reading through the Bible, you've read this verse before. But I would guess that for many, this verse has gone right over our heads when we've read it. Let's read it now, beloved ones, with a new consideration. Hear the word of God, Deuteronomy 32.8. When the Most High gave the nations their inheritance, when he separated the sons of man, he set the boundaries of the people according to the number of the sons of Israel. For the Lord's portion is his people, Jacob, who is Israel, and his 12 sons, is the allotment of his inheritance. Let's consider verse 8 again. When the Most High gave the nations their inheritance, when he separated, this is creation, the sons of man, he set the boundaries of the peoples according to the number of the sons of Israel. Beloved, this is creation language. When God created the world, when he created the sons of men, when he set the boundaries of the nation, he did it through the funnel, through the lens of Israel. Israel is center. Israel was center, and Israel will be center. Yeshua said in the Gospels to the Jewish people, you will not see me again until you're saying, Baruch haba." Beshem Adonai, blessed is he that comes in the name of the Lord. In other words, Yeshua was saying he will not return until his Jewish kinsmen, the Israelites in the flesh, his own people, until his own people, the Jewish people, are saying, blessed is he that comes in the name of the Lord. Jesus said, I'm not coming back until my own people, the Hebrews, call upon me to return. You see, beloved, 
His coming back will not happen for you until it happens for Israel. Listen to what I just said. Jesus is not coming back for you until Israel is calling upon him to return. God's redemptive purposes are intricately bound with the salvation of Israel. But many in the church today have completely overlooked Israel. They don't teach on Israel. All they talk about is the kingdom now. The kingdom is here. The charismatic gifts, body life, spirit life. They turn up the amplifiers in the sanctuaries to try to make people feel what they're telling them is the Holy Spirit. And Israel is completely left out of the picture. But when you read the writings in the Hebrew Bible, and when you read the writings of the Apostle Paul, it's far from the case. When you read the writings of the Apostle Paul, you find that Israel's salvation and God's covenant people, his first covenant people coming to faith, is intricately bound up in all that God is doing on the earth. Every mountain will be leveled, every valley will be exalted, the last shall be first, the first shall be last, justice and peace shall reign on the earth. Sunday morning, the leaders of Soroti, as well as other areas, even coming from as far as the capital city here, came to a gathering where I spoke once again to government and people in high places. I release, Father God, as a descendant from the 12 tribes of Israel, a supernatural release of the anointing. An anointing to create, an anointing of power, an anointing to make things happen. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, and in Jesus' name. At the end of my time of ministry to the government officials, I actually gave an altar call. And I said, if God is speaking to your heart right now and you've never received Jesus, I said to them, I want you just to stand up and come forward. And so three leaders came forward to receive the Lord. Can I say first of all today, Jesus loves you and I love you. We'll repeat together. You'll say, God, thank you for choosing me. You have just even witnessed leaders standing up to come forward and give their lives to Jesus Christ. He never said that, uh, put up your hand. He never said, let everybody close their eyes, but said, stand up and come forward. You, I've never seen it elsewhere. To be my Lord and Savior. Is the teaching of Rabbi Schneider blessing your life? If you said yes, consider becoming one of Rabbi's monthly partners and help send him around the world spreading salvation, healing, and deliverance through on-the-ground outreaches and our worldwide television ministry. Visit rabbipartners.com or call 800-777-7835. To thank you, Rabbi would like to send you three very special partner-only DVDs. An intimate view of Rabbi's life and journey, the amazing life story of Cynthia Schneider, and a behind-the-scenes look as Rabbi travels around the world. Begin your monthly partnership today and be a part of what God is doing through discovering the Jewish Jesus. Listen to what Paul said, for example, in the book of Romans chapter 11, beginning in verse number 15. The grass withers and the flowers fade and the word of God abides forever. Now, why am I talking about this? Because I've been talking about the messianic prophecies that enlighten us to the fact that when Messiah came, his ministry would extend to the entire world, Jew and Gentile alike. That Jew and Gentile would be one in Messiah. 
But in that understanding, too many have cast Israel's special role off completely. They don't want Israel to be special. It threatens them. They want to be first. They don't want Israel to have a special role because that threatens their own role. And so they've cast the role of Israel in God's redemptive plan out of their theology. They don't talk about Israel. Many within the church don't even preach the gospel to Jewish people and they condemn Jews like myself that are because it makes Jewish people mad and they're more concerned with being friends with Jewish people than they are with preaching the truth to Jewish people. Jesus came to his own people. Jesus said to his own people, unless you believe that I am healed, die in your sins. It's to the Jew first and also to the Greek that the gospel comes. So we have too many in the church. They've cast out Israel's role. They even condemn Jews like myself that are preaching the gospel to Jewish people. They just want to be loved and affirmed by Jewish people, but they don't want to offend them by sharing the gospel with them. They're so romanticized by the fact that the Jews are God's first covenant people they think, who am I to share my faith with them? And when someone has that type of attitude, it shows a deep lack of faith in the word of God. Listen to what Paul said. He said, if their rejection, I'm reading from the book of Romans, chapter 11, verse 15. He's speaking of Israel to the church, to the Gentiles. For if their rejection is the reconciliation of the world, what does he mean? That because Israel, the Israelites in the flesh, rejected Jesus, by and large, Paul was sent to the Gentiles. So Paul's coming to the Gentiles was because when he went to the Jewish people, they wouldn't listen to him. So Paul says, for if their rejection is the reconciliation of the world, what will their acceptance be but life from the dead? In other words, Mr. and Mrs. Gentile, if you were blessed when Jewish people rejected Jesus, how much more are you going to be blessed when Jewish people receive Jesus, that's the point that Paul's making. If the first piece of dough is holy, the lump is also. And if the root is holy, the branches are too. But if some of the branches were broken off, and you, he's speaking to Gentiles, being a wild olive tree, were grafted in among them and became a partaker with them of the rich root of the olive tree, and this is becoming a partaker of the olive tree, which comes from the God of Israel. And you're now receiving the life of the God of Israel through Yeshua, the Jewish Messiah. Paul continues, if you're now are partaking with them of the rich root of the olive tree, listen to this, do not be arrogant toward the branches. But if you are arrogant, remember that it is not you supports the root, but the root supports you. And yet there is a lack of the fear of God in much of the church concerning God's role and, and scriptural uh, call upon the Jewish people. I mean, how many Jewish preachers are there like myself in the world, Jewish evangelists reaching the ends of the earth, and yet there are Christian networks that won't let me teach on their network because I'm too much of a political hot potato and I offend Jewish people. And I, it's just unbelievable. And we continue on, Paul says in verse 25 here. For I did not want you, brethren, to be uninformed of this mystery, so that you will not be wise in your own estimation, that a partial hardening has happened to Israel until the fullness of the Gentiles has come in, and so all Israel will be saved, and the deliverer will come forth from Zion. What is Paul saying? That there's a mystery going on. And the mystery is, 
in God's unsearchable ways, there is a blindness upon Jewish people, upon Israel today, and this blindness will remain until the fullness of the Gentiles has come into the faith. I believe that the fullness of the Gentiles coming into the faith that Paul is referring to here has to do not only with the number of Gentiles that have come to faith in Jesus, the Jewish Messiah and Savior of the world, but it also pertains to Gentiles understanding their call to reach Israel with the good news of Messiah. Because Paul said in the same book that he was a Jew whose heart was to see Jewish people saved, but he still rejoiced in his call to the Gentiles because Paul knew that through reaching the Gentiles, Jewish people would be provoked to jealousy. So Paul said, I magnify my call to the Gentile because in reaching them, I'm going to reach my own people because I know the Gentiles that have a genuine, passionate, fiery love for Jesus will provoke Jewish people to faith in Jesus. And in fact, most Jewish people today have come to faith in Yeshua through the witness of a Gentile. You see, when I witness to a Jewish person as a Jew, they feel they automatically have to defend themselves against me because they think it's such a shameful thing for a Jew to believe in Jesus. But when a Gentile believes in Jesus and starts sharing their faith honestly and humbly, the Jew thinks, well, I know that's what they're supposed to believe. And so they're willing to listen to a Gentile. And so uh, Paul said he magnified his ministry to the Gentile because he knew that through them he'd reach his own people. Listen what the Apostle Paul said in verse number 1 of chapter 11 of Romans. I say then, God has not rejected his people, speaking of Israel here, has he? May it never be. For I too am an Israelite, a descendant of Abraham, of the tribe of Benjamin. And then he says, no, the gifts and calling of God upon the Jewish people are irrevocable. Listen to what Paul said in Romans, Brethren, my heart's desire and my prayer to God for them. Who's the them? Israel is for their salvation. And so today we looked at Messianic prophecy dealing with the, the role of Messiah in reaching the world. But let's not forget that God still has a critical, redemptive role that he is bringing forth in history to reach Jewish people. And in fact, the Jewish people reception of Jesus is intricately bound to his return. He's not coming back for you, beloved one, until there's a mass of Jewish people that believe in him and are calling on him to come back. So I want to thank you for supporting me and others like me that are Jewish forerunners preaching the gospel to Jew and Gentile, declaring that Jesus is not just the savior of the world, He's the Messiah of Israel. Beloved, let's celebrate the Jewish Jesus because when we meet him, we're going to meet the one that is going to be called in heaven, the lion from the tribe of Judah. And we'll meet him in that heavenly city called New Jerusalem, whose gates are inscribed with the names of the 12 tribes of Israel. This is Rabbi Schneider saying, God bless you. I love you and shalom. It's so important for us to lead lives of self-examination before the Holy Spirit. A portion of scripture that I've really been examining my own heart in before the Lord is the portion where Jesus told the rich young ruler to go sell everything that he had and then to follow Yeshua and then he would inherit eternal life. 
this rich young ruler, he was a moral person, but he clung to his financial possessions. It was the most important thing in his life. And I've been lifting up my own heart to the Lord and saying, Lord, are my surrender to you in the area of my finances. I know, Abba, that I need to be completely surrendered to you in every area of my life. So help me to completely release my possessions and my finances to you. You see, many of you are like me. You have a hard time trusting God with your finances. You trust Him in other areas of your life, but you haven't yet trusted Him here. Beloved, I want you to know, Jesus wants to be the Lord of every area of our life. Let's honor Him with our finances. Here's how you can donate or become a monthly partner. Send your tax-deductible gift to Discovering the Jewish Jesus, P.O. Box 777, Blissfield, Michigan, 49228. Or to give by credit card, visit discoveringthejewishjesus.com or call 1-800-777-7835 or text the keyword rabbi to 45777. To show our appreciation, we'll send you an audio CD and download of Rabbi's Message of the Month and our most recent newsletter. Your gift is bringing salvation, healing, and deliverance to Israel and the world through television, internet, and crusade outreaches. Finally, many of us have honored God with our finances while living, but have we considered how we can honor the Lord with our finances when we pass on? For more information, click Will and Estate Gifts at discoveringthejewishjesus.com. I'm on the Mount of Olives, and I want to close the broadcast today by speaking the blessing that Father God said should be spoken over his people. In the book of Numbers, chapter 6, the Lord told Moses and Aaron, Speak these words over my people, and I will place my name upon them and bless them. Yahweh Yahweh Vihunecha Yisayaweh Penavelecha Veasem Lecha May Father God, Yahweh, the God of Israel, bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. May the Lord your Father lift you up by his countenance. And Father God is going to continue, his beloved child, to give you his peace. Revelation today for a brighter tomorrow. Find Discovering the Jewish Jesus on all your favorite social media outlets and stay up to date on the content you love. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and subscribe on YouTube. Connecting with Discovering the Jewish Jesus has never been easier. If two of you agree on earth about anything that they may ask, it shall be done for them by my Father who is in heaven. 
Let our prayer team pray for you. Send us your prayer request today by visiting our website or writing to the address on the screen. Our prayer team lifts up every individual request before the Lord. And then, as God answers your prayer request, or if God has touched your life through discovering the Jewish Jesus, send us your testimony. We want to rejoice with you, and your testimony will encourage others. We overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. Today's episode concludes the series, Messianic Prophecy, Season 5. If you've enjoyed this series and would like to purchase a copy, visit our website or call the number on your screen. 